world where every belief is challenged. Where do we go? You are now listening to the Truth of the Matter podcast, where the world is seen through the lens of scriptures, with your host, Jedi Balado. Hello guys, welcome to the third episode of Truth of the Matter. So for those who liked and followed our Facebook page, we like to thank you all and praise God we already have 1,000 followers. By the way, we didn't get all of them, technically. I owe around 900 to them to my friends. So shout out sa'yo, Jab Santos Agustin, ang classmate ko galing sa Maranata sa pagpapahiram ng inyong Facebook page. At maganda naman ang use at ang gamit nito ngayon. So guys, welcome to our third episode. The title is, Where Are You Found? So it's a question, patanong siya. So we'll dive deeper into that question in the next minutes, in the next hour. So we'll start na. So before I continue with our media, let's go on with my co-host. So first, I have Nathan. Yeah, Hi, Nathan. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. And then we have Samantha. Hello, everyone. Last but not least, we have James Vander or JV. Hi, everybody. Nice to see you again. Ayan. So here we have the United Youth Leaders, quote-unquote, sa ating podcast ngayon. So now we will look at a video from the Gospel of Christ named Steve Fertig. This is the Gospel of Jesus Christ featuring Vody Bokam, John MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, and let's all watch it now. And I came to declare today to everybody who's been going through a season of failure or depression or uncertainty or rejection or disappointment, let the dirt do its work. Don't fight it, don't run from it, and don't pluck up the seed because you don't like the season. Let the dirt do its work. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not the gospel. Don't confuse that with the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. As though the gospel is this thing that exists on its own over here in isolation. No, it's the gospel of God. It's the gospel of God's work on behalf of his elect through the person and work of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are lots of people today who have managed to come up with a different gospel, which is not really a different gospel because there isn't a different gospel, but they've come up with a variation of the gospel which is no gospel so that they can eliminate the suffering to make the gospel acceptable, to take the offense out of it. Hello everyone, this is John Henry with the Gospel of Christ and welcome back to a new video. If this is your first time on the channel, I invite you to subscribe and click the bell button to be notified each time we upload a new video. I came across this clip of Stephen Furtick on my Facebook feed. Let's watch the full clip again with no interruption this time. And I came to declare today to everybody who's been going through a season of failure or depression or uncertainty or rejection or disappointment, let the dirt do its work. Don't fight it, don't run from it, and don't pluck up the seed because you don't like the season. Let the dirt do its work. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what the kingdom of God is like. There's nothing man can do to you that God cannot use for his good. And I believe that. 
I believe that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But I I don't always know how. But I don't have to know how. Because I know who. Getting the gospel right is not a secondary theological issue. It is a sine qua non for every believer to know or at least grow in the right understanding of what the gospel truly is. Some people think their personal testimony is the gospel, but it's not. Others consider their personal Christian life experience as the gospel, except that it's not. There are a lot of things that the gospel is not. We simply need to know what the true gospel is, and then we can be can't discriminate against all the fakes by knowing the true, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen to Arsis Paul, Bodhi Bakum, John MacArthur, and at the end, I have Stephen Lawson with a word study about the gospel. I mean, I would teach in the doctor ministry program, and Sinclair has had the same experience, I'm sure, when we'd have clergy in there, and I would ask them to define the gospel. And if I got 10% of them to give an adequate answer to it, I would be happy. Because that word's thrown around so much, it's died the death of a thousand qualifications. In New Testament terms, the gospel is the proclamation of the person and work of Jesus Christ, plus how the benefits of that work can be appropriated to us by faith and by faith alone. So the gospel has a narrow definition. It's the message about Jesus. Now, there are other good tidings, the kingdom of God, all of that, but specifically if you look at the, what we call the kerygma in the New Testament, the apostolic proclamation of the gospel, it focuses on Christ, who he is, what he did, and how we receive his benefits. So if I tell you that if you come to Jesus, you can get meaning for your life, or you can have peace in your soul, or you, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your wife, life, that may be true. That's not the gospel. Don't confuse that with the gospel. The gospel's about Jesus. We have an adversary who hates the gospel. We have an adversary who hates Christ. And because we are in union with Christ and in communion with Christ, he hates us as well. And not only does he hate us, but he hates the gospel that we preach. And because he hates us and he hates the gospel that we preach, persecution comes our way and we suffer. But not alone. Not alone. Don't believe that for a moment. You don't suffer alone. There are many, and they are myriad, who have suffered before us. The martyrs, the martyrs in heaven, John tells us in Revelation, the martyrs in heaven, they want to know how long before they'll be vindicated. And what's the answer that comes to them? Your number's not complete yet. There are more who will suffer and who will die for the cause of Christ. Oh, vindication is coming. Suffering's not over. Persecution's not over. Because not all have heard. And so Paul says to his young protege, join with me. But notice what else he says. He says, back again in verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for 
the gospel. Share in suffering for the gospel. The, the question that we're asking is what is that thing? What, what is that thing that God gives to his people that allows them to be faithful even in the midst of persecution? And one thing that he gives us is the body. He gives us his body. He gives us Christ's body. And we feast on Christ's body. And he gives us Christ's body in the church. And we are in communion with Christ's body, the church. But then he also gives us this gospel, this gospel that saves us, this gospel that sustains us, this gospel that calls us. And so we continue to preach and suffer for the cause of Christ because the gospel has not finished doing its work. Look at what he says. Suffering with the gospel, with the power of God, who saves us and calls us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which... I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. He's appointed to the gospel, which is why I suffer as I do. Why? Because of the gospel. Because it's worth it. For the sake of the gospel. Now, 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 now let's be careful because again, there, there's a couple of ways that we can look at this. We, we, can, we can look at this and say, yes, we, we, we need to think more of the gospel. We need to think more highly of the gospel. We need to proclaim the gospel and be faithful to the gospel. We need to suck it up and be tough because of the gospel. And, 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 and there's some truth in that. But where does that come from? The gospel is not your gospel. It's Christ's gospel. We can even make an idol out of the gospel. I preach the gospel. I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm committed to the gospel. As though the gospel is this thing that exists on its own over here in isolation. No, it's the gospel of God. It's the gospel of God's work on behalf of his elect through the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of Christ. Why do we love the gospel? We love the gospel because we love Christ. Why do we love Christ? Because he loved us in the gospel. So it's not that we need to sort of work ourselves up for this work that we have to do. It is that we need to be reminded over and over and over again of the work that Christ has done on our behalf, that our very existence is found in his work in the gospel. And not only that, but our passion for the gospel is born out of our passion for Christ. Christ loves his bride and praise God that I'm a member of the bride of Christ and the body of Christ, but it does not end with me. Our desire for the gospel burns brightly, not just because the gospel saved us. If that was it, then you get saved and go commit suicide. But our passion burns bright for the gospel. 
Because the gospel was not just the means of God saving us, but it was the means of God saving a people for himself, for his glory. We've been brought into something. I don't know if it's right to even have a favorite theological reality. It's kind of like having a favorite child, right? Even if you do, you don't say it. Amen? Amen. I'm the father of nine. It just, yeah, no. Who's my favorite? Yeah, whichever one I'm talking to right now. Yes, you're my favorite. Yes. But recently, the doctrine that, that, is, that has really been sustaining me and, and, and my passion and desire and yearning for God has been the covenant of redemption. That in eternity past, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live and exist in this perfect unity, this perfect communion in the Godhead in need of absolutely nothing. And then that perfect love spills out as the Father, out of his love for the Son, gives the Son a people, and the Son, out of his love for the Father, gives himself to redeem the people whom the Father had given to him. And then the Spirit, the very personification of the love between the Father and the Son, actually applies that redemption to those whom the Father gave and the Son redeems as the love of God spills over into his creation and into redemption. And you and I get to be not only the byproduct of that, but we get to be a part of that as the love of God is proclaimed in all of creation through the redemption of the saints of God. Oh, I love the gospel. Not just because the gospel has saved me, but because in the gospel, the God of the universe is proclaiming over and over and over again, this is love. I am love. Look at my redemption. And that redemption is a picture of the love that the Father has for the Son and the Spirit, and the Son has for the Father and the Spirit, and the Spirit has for the Father and the Son this perfect love that has existed for all eternity and will exist for all eternity and will bring glory and honor to God for all eternity. And that is the gospel that we love. And you know, when you think about the gospel, I, I know you think about Galatians, you think about Romans, you think about Colossians and the passage we read. Uh, you, you, you might be thinking about uh, other sermons that Paul preached in the book of Acts where the gospel is made clear. But you're going to find out that in the sessions that we have, we're going to be looking into the Corinthian letters on a number of occasions to find our understanding of the gospel. And these are often overlooked in that regard. Second Corinthians chapter 4 will give us insight into the glory of the gospel. Now the theme of Second uh, Corinthians is suffering suffering. And this is a perfect entry point because it explains so much about the glory of the gospel. If you drop down to verse 4, you will see a phrase at the end of verse 4, the gospel of the glory of Christ. The gospel of the glory of Christ. 
But that, that's kind of our theme here for this opening session, the gospel of the glory of Christ. We're looking at the glory of the gospel. The glory of the gospel is a critical understanding. And that is to say it's all-surpassing importance. It's all-surpassing nature. It's compelling reality. It's unparalleled importance. The glory of the gospel is that which makes the gospel transcend everything else, all other truth, all other messages. And you have to understand that when I say 2 Corinthians is about suffering, the immediate question comes then, as Paul chronicles his pain through this entire letter, why do you expose yourself to all that suffering? And his answer is, the glory of the gospel, because there is nothing like it, nothing that approaches it, nothing that touches it, nothing that ascends to its priority, its prominence, its importance. It is a transcendent message. It is an all-glorious message that has no equal. I think the reality of this is certainly missing in the evangelical church that I'm looking at today, where the gospel is dragged down and cheapened. When you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, you see a life of suffering, right? There are lots of people today who have managed to come up with a different gospel, which is not really a different gospel because there isn't a different gospel, but they've come up with a variation of the gospel which is no gospel so that they can eliminate the suffering to make the gospel acceptable, to take the offense out of it, not Paul. His entire gospel ministry made people furious, angry, hostile, brutal, and he never tampered with the message. When he came to the end of his life, as we hear his parting words, familiar words to us, in his second letter to Timothy, he says this, chapter 4, I'm ready, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. And do you remember these words? I have fought what? The good fight. I fought the good fight. It was a battle from the beginning to the end. And you know how it ended for him? He placed his head on a block, an axe head flashed in the sun and severed his head from his body and he was with his Lord. Prior to that, he had been imprisoned repeatedly. When he went into a town, he didn't ask what the hotel was like. He asked what the jail was like because they knew that's where he'd be staying. <laughs> kind of a jail they have in this town. And somebody probably came along to him time and time again and said, Paul, look, why don't you ease up? You really don't have to end up in the jail in every town or being run out of town. 
You have to live your whole life with people plotting to kill you, the plots of the Jews, the plots of the Gentiles, plots of the populace, and plots of the leadership. You, you, it really doesn't have to be that way. You can make some adjustments. How did he endure all this? The answer is that he understood the glory of the gospel, the glory of the gospel. I want to take the word that really runs through this opening prologue of Romans Gospel. It's found in verse 1, verse 9, verse 15, and verse 16, and it's really what the whole book of Romans is about, and it is the word gospel. Uh, this is a word with which we're very familiar, uh, the word gospel. And in Romans 1, verse 1, Paul identifies his message to the Romans and to us as the gospel of God. That means it's the gospel that has come from God. He is the author and the architect of this gospel. It has not arisen from any group of churches or pastors or seminary or denomination. The gospel has come down out of heaven from the infinite genius of God. Uh, he alone could have conceived uh, the gospel message. So the word gospel is, is a Greek word. I'm going to pronounce it euangelion. And it's a compound word. And there are two words that are joined together. The first is you, E-U, which means good. Um, we speak of a eulogy at a funeral. It means a good word that's given uh, about another person. And then... Uh, angelion, you can hear the word angel or angel in that, which means message or messenger, and uh, euangelion means the good message. That's what the gospel is. It is good news. In fact, it is the greatest news that has ever been declared on planet earth and made known to the human race. It is the good news of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the first century, uh, Herod would send out his, his heralds from the palace with the euangelion. If Rome had won a great victory or if there was an heir to the throne, uh, messengers would be sent out to the perimeter of the Roman Empire to herald from city to city and village to village the good news. Rome has won a great victory. Or there is an heir to the throne. And that was how the word was used in the first century. Paul incorporates that here in his letter to the Romans, the gospel of God. Uh, it is the proclamation that has come from the throne of God to all the villages and towns and and people groups of the world that a holy God can be, uh, sinners can be in right relationship with a holy God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the whole book of Romans will be a development uh, in great detail and with theological precision uh, of this saving message. So I want to ask you, do you know what the gospel is? Uh, have you believed the gospel? Are you living the gospel? And are you a faithful witness uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ to others? This is a very important question for each one of us to, to ask ourselves. Your eternal destiny is determined 
by whether or not you have believed and received this gospel message. May the Lord open your heart and may by faith you believe this gospel message. And if you've received the gospel, you can't keep it to yourself. Uh, you have to share it and spread the message to others. May God use you today to be a very faithful message for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So yes, a very impactful message from our four preachers. And uh, I would like to echo something from my pastor yesterday from Victory. Sinabi niya na pastors aren't really first and foremost meant to preach the gospel. They are meant to shepherd the flock. So kapag sinasabi natin na, ay, hindi na ako mag-share ng gospel, I'm a Christian, I'll just share tithes. Ganun. I already done my Christian responsibilities. Okay, you can share tithes, but diba, sinabi ni Jesus a Great Commission na go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And part of that is really first and foremost, preaching the gospel of repentance. That's the most important message mm -hmm. we can have, diba? Kasi we can preach any other doctrine, but... There's no gospel. At the heart of the Bible is Jesus Christ. He is the man who split time, quote-unquote. I would like to echo in something that Pastor Lawson said. Diba? The gospel is something that's meant to be heard, something that's meant to be lived out, something that's meant to be preached. Diba? And if we only do one thing or two things, that's not the complete way on how we as Christians ought to live out the gospel. So we will go into this topic of what is truly the gospel in depth. But for those nga, who are... Uh, really contemplating on whether are we the right people to be sharing this message that is so carefully ought to be preached. Like what Paul said to Timothy, diba? let no one despise you because of your youth. God can use anyone to preach His word. It doesn't matter if you're 9, if you're 75. If you know God's word and you preach the Bible alone, that's what's important. But still, we are like, like what we've said in the previous sessions, we're not perfect, we're not Bible teachers. We're just youth who wants to proclaim and go against the culture. We want to proclaim the gospel and God's word. So before we go on to the main session or the lessons we have learned, let's go on first to the impressions of the video. So Sigoda, let's go first with Sam. So yes. Okay, yeah, that was um, pretty interesting. And one of the things I really liked about it is it just reminds all the watchers and just how um, brilliant the gospel is and how it really shouldn't be taken lightly. And it saddens me, right? At the start of the video, they were showing Stephen Furtick. It really, um, you know, makes me feel bad that there are some people who are really swayed by these false teachers, right? Who, they forget that the gospel really is um, centered on Jesus. He's the main object, the main subject of it, right? And people often forget about it because we, we tend to um, find value or we kind of use popularity of a certain person or how fun a certain show is we use that as a basis we use that as a basis okay of um if something is credible or not when really we have to go to the main source like what they're saying right jesus and it really is his love that compels us to even understand what the gospel preaches wow yeah very insightful let's again let's go with jv how about you that's a really wonderful sermon by one of my favorite preachers, you know. Um, see R.C. Sproul, see Vaudy, see Dr. John McArthur, and of course, see Dr. Stephen J. Lawson. 
um for the listeners um I have a man crush on Dr. Lawson so I'm very fond of him kaya nga ako fountain pens because Dr. Lawson is into fountain pens so yun nga what really impacted me the most is about the gospel is it is the good news it is the gospel of God it is from God and that it is the greatest news that the world has ever known diba nga from Um, they would uh, use the gospel, the word gospel in Greek, like Tanalo ang Rome, and it's like this that Christ overcame the world. Um, pwede na ang guilty sinners to come before God because of the gospel. It basically explains the whole thing. So yeah, that um, that our eternal destiny is dependent upon the gospel if we will believe or if we will reject it. It defines kung saan tayo mapupunta to heaven by grace or by justice go to hell. So yeah, that's what I've learned. Thank you, JV. Lastly, but we have Nathan. Okay, thanks, Jadi. I think firstly, the first part, that was a nice edit. I think I've heard it. <laughs> but seriously, um, I think what really struck me is about among those four preachers, all four of them was in the body, Arthur, Sproul, Lawson, was their unity in terms of what they said, where they emphasize specifically on the gospel coming from God. Diba? It's about, it's from God and it's about God, about Jesus, who is God. Diba? That really struck me because I think diba, now the gospel is being changed already. Example, one example would be the prosperity gospel. Diba? Now, the gospel is from God, but they're saying that it's not about God, it's about us. Diba? Now, God wants us rich, God wants us well, whatever version they have, right? This video they emphasize that the gospel is from God and the gospel is about God. Yeah, so to echo what you have guys all have said, very, very deep insights. I can't stop saying very. I'll think of other adjectives again in the next <laughs> session. Please bear with me. And yeah, it's very important, again, very. it's very important to note that the gospel is really focused on Christ, like what Pastor MacArthur said. It is God's love gift to His Son. Because even from the beginning of the world, even before eternity passed, diba? God, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ were there all together. They were in perfect unity. We we're not in the picture. Eh? But even then, God loved the Son, God loved the Father, and the Holy Spirit was in the picture. And they all loved each other in perfect unity. We don't understand how because we're finite beings. But that's not for us to think about because God is really mysterious. He works in very awesome ways. So the gospel is not centered on whether or not we've done the good, best things in life or whether or not we've reached the pinnacle of success. But the gospel is really about God's amazing grace. It's just a preview of what we'll explain later. No matter what we have done, for example, let's take Jacob. Jacob was a deceiver. He deceived his brother into taking the birthright. Esau was the most fit candidate, but he was not. God chose Jacob even though Jacob was imperfect. And also, God chose Paul, even though he was a persecutor. And so, these examples set ourselves to the main message of the gospel, that it is only Jesus Christ who is the perfect one, 
whom God has sent to really represent how we ought to live. From the beginning of man to the federal head, like we mentioned in the first lesson, right? si Adam, he was supposed to be the alpha male, the prototype, the one who will set our perfect eternity, quote-unquote. But still, there was sin. Sin crept up because of Satan, and God was never startled. And even from the beginning of time, God knew what the gospel would be, or God knew how Jesus would sacrifice himself and how people would be saved. So we ought not to doubt the gospel of the Bible. We ought not to add from the gospel of the Bible with our own personal theology, as appealing as it may sound na, hey, you know what, I would like to add this and that. God told me this and that. And it's nice, you know, it's nice to really add your personal testimony. But when you preach the gospel to other people who have, haven't heard a lick of the Bible, we should preach God's word alone because it's self-explanatory. It's immutable in its theology, right? It's perfectly sufficient. We don't need to add. Most importantly, we shouldn't subtract like the other religions who really take out Bible verses out of context to support their own theology. That's why it's important for us to be Bible-based and most importantly, Christ-centered. So let's go on to our main discussion. So first point is God, the gospel, does not reflect us like what I said earlier. We reflect the gospel. We never deserve the grace of God. So why should we boast in anything about ourselves? In fact, we should emphasize our depravity and wretchedness in an honest, transparent manner. So, look, like what Pastor uh, Sproul or the other pastors have said earlier, I think it was Pastor Vodi, Paul was really a person who was not wealthy. Yeah? He was looking to and fro for jobs. He was a tent maker. He did whatever jobs was offered to him. May sinabi nga siya na, oh, how I envy you. You get to share each other your funds. Parang indirectly sinasabi na, hey, fund me. Tulungan niyo naman ako kasi I'm lacking here. Help a brother. Ano yung sinasabi ni Paul, di ba? So in comparison to the gospel today, not all, but syempre, being prospered, uh, being prosperous is not a bad thing inherently. But if that's the center of your theology or, or if that's the center of your beliefs, may mali ka dyan, kapatid. So we have here, di ba, si Paul. Paul was a person who was very afflicted. Not as afflicted as Christ, because he's the ultimate example of sorrow, his ultimate example of what we deserve. But Paul, in his own right, was very extreme, because due to how he persecuted the believers, that's how much he also suffered for the cause of Christ. He was mocked, he was stoned, almost beaten to death. He almost had a lot of near-death experiences, but he escaped because it was not God's plan. That he ought to die. So what's my point here, diba? Tulad ng sinabi ko earlier, we never deserve the grace of God, no matter what we've done. We're all inherently sinful, diba? Our sins never reflect our chance to the God. We never had a chance, not even 0.001%. So if we know we're saved, diba? Like what we've uh, expressed last week, the fruits of our salvation with Paul Washer's message, diba? It's how we live. It's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Is if we reflect the gospel of God in our lives. So if we know and are sure that we are saved, we should reflect the gospel not by how we live, not by how we live in terms of finances, not how we live in terms of our material things, but how our being is in terms of how we treat others, how our lives are changed in a 180-degree manner. Say God is the only one who can change us that radically because of the gospel alone. Like what Paul Washer said before, some people are fired up for a week, but they lose it because 
they're pulled in by the world. But with the gospel, sin's hold on us and its power is completely rendered useless. We can struggle against sin, but we will never be overcome. Kaya sabi dito sa Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So a lot to unpack here. Let's go here one by one. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So a lot of adjectives. Grace, the grace of God. So I have an illustration here, diba? Justice. For example, you were caught stealing something from a store. Justice is, hulihin ka, tapos kulong ka. That's what you deserve. Mercy is, hinuli ka, pero hindi ka kinulong. Pero yun lang, kasi sinabi mo na, ay, kailangan ko to. Pero sinabi niya na, ibalik mo na lang yan, pero hindi kita huhulihin. You know, return it, but uh, you, we, we won't catch you. But grace is, diba? hinuli ka, and sinabi ng police sa'yo, okay, you can have it because you need it. You never deserved it. You were the bad person in the first place. But the grace of that person who caught you, he is the one who gave you what you have. And you do not deserve it at all. So that's a cheap explanation of grace. It's nothing compared to God's grace, which is amazing in, in scale. But it's like a preview of what God has done. It was something that we are. We are God's enemies, inherently sinful. Uh, from from Adam, diba? we have inherited this original sin which doomed us to hell from the get-go. We can never say that, I, I ganon. When we have this age of accountability or if we know good or evil, diba? we were doomed to go to hell. We were on the straight path to hell. We never knew God. Pero yun nga, it's because of God's grace we have been saved through faith, not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So lastly, to explain this verse ulit, ano? it is the gift of God. He gives us the gift of belief. He gives us the gift of faith that our eyes will be opened to His Word because the Gospel or God's Word is foolishness to those who are perishing. Uh, they won't understand anything you say. Kasi sabi mo, I, I know, I know, kapag tinanong ka, are you a good person? Sasagutin nila, yes, I'm a good person. I believe that I'll go to heaven someday because I tumulong ako sa community pantry, nag-donate ako sa Gcash ng mga drives. It's good to do that, but it won't save you to heaven. Diba? Even Hitler can do that, but he won't be saved. Even Mother Teresa can do that, but she won't be saved just because of those things. Kasi our works are filthy rags. Lest anyone should boast. Kaya nga may sinabi yung pastor namin dati na, Uy, kapag you are saved through works, magpapa, ano kayo, magyayabangan kayo sa heaven, sabi niya, Uy, pare, ka, ka na, paano ka napunta ng heaven? Ay, ako pare, nag-donate ako ng ano, hospital. Sarabi niya, pare, Uy, pare, ba't ka nandyan? Nasa apartment ka lang. Ay, nag-donate lang ako ng limang piso dun sa, namamilimos dun sa gilid. Diba? Parang, parang ano, it's, it's, not, it's not logical in our worldly sense. But it's not deserved, diba? God has prepared a place for those who are His, only Him. It's not because of what we've done, but because of His grace alone. And next verse is Colossians 3 verse 10. And have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So, diba, once we have been saved, or once we are sanctified or changed by the gospel, we are not anymore of this world. That's most important, diba? Re we reflect the gospel through our lives. Yatulad ng sinabi ni Paul Washer, if you live, live like the world, act like the world, smell like the world, talk like the world, you're not saved. 99.9 or 100%, you're not saved. Because, sabi na, Oh, I praise God that I'm saved, but I do all of these things all around me. I say that, ay, ganto naman to. It's, it, it's popular, so why not? So that's not how a Christian ought to act. We are renewed day by day. Our minds are transformed with the mind of Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't rely on our flesh because the flesh 
leads to death. The wisdom of the world leads to death. We can have all the wisdom of this world. We can be the best philosopher. But without the gospel of Jesus Christ, my life is meaningless. Right? Life is nothing. So, yeah. Okay, thanks, Jadi. So, yeah. so, for our second point, um, the second point is that we love the gospel because we love Christ. So, if you guys remember, right? um, I think it was um, Pastor Vodi talking about it, that the reason for us, right? the reason why we share the gospel, we preach the gospel, is because Christ loves us first. Right? He loves us. We love Christ. Right? Why do we love Christ? Because he said in sermon that we love Christ because of what he did on the cross, the gospel, which is about Christ from God, right? And similarly, like John the Baptist or Paul, all the apostles, right? when they were proclaiming the gospel, especially after Acts, right? they didn't care about what would happen. Right? Most of them, a lot of them died right? doing, sharing the gospel, basically. They could have tweaked it a little bit, right? made it more appealing to the ears of those people before they lived during the time period. Right? That would have possibly saved their lives and you know, um, spared them from a lot of pain and suffering, but they didn't, right? because they love Christ. Uh, they said they said to themselves that loving Christ, you know, sharing the unadulterated gospel is more worth it. Right? It's a lot more worth it than to share a gospel that was tarnished, right? that's more appealing to these people. Right? And I think says that this comes really from our change of heart, right? We talked about last time where right? we were fallen, but through Christ, right? changed our lives, changed our heart, changed our disposition. Right? 360. I think read this verse out. I'm just from Galatians 2, verse 20. So I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. So it says here, diba, I have been crucified with Christ. Kumbaga, yung old self, you know, metaphorically, is dead already. It's gone. Kumbaga, pinako na dun sa cross yung mga self. Diba? That self, diba, the narrow path and the wide gate, it's running straight to hell. That was pinako na yun on the cross. We have Christ, diba, this new self that's running to salvation, the narrow path and that allows us allows us to share the gospel, it allows us to love people, do all these things. And it allows us ultimately to be holy, to live sanctified lives, which, which is a byproduct of the gospel. It says here in 1 Peter 1 verse 16, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Since God is holy, we have to be holy. And without Jesus' redeeming work, you know, we can't even get close to it, right? We're never going to get close to it, even if we are saved, right? But because of what Christ did, sanctified slowly by the Holy Spirit, because on our own, we are not So, yeah. So, um, thank you very much, Nathan, for that wonderful exposition of Scripture. Saying that we are to live holy lives, for it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. That's the gospel. Pero I want to address something that is some um, a shocker to each and every one of us um tama sinabi ni dr macarthur that um a lot of people are making a gospel with no suffering and um a lot of people believe that um, if you're a christian you are now promised to have a good life to have a, a life without suffering basically wala nang suffering you know 
um, if you do this, pag mag ikaw magdatayth, um, you're going to attract a lot of blessings to yourself. And if you're not going to tithe, you're basically inviting the um, the curse of God. So yon, we a lot of churches, a lot of evangelicals preach that garbage today. Pero um, we would see that according to scriptures, the Christian life is not an absence of suffering, but actually the start of it. Um, persecutions and hardships are a part of the Christian life. I mean, Paul, Peter, even our Lord Jesus Christ himself suffered hardships. So, yon, um, we experience hardships because there's a lot of reasons we are being tested and that para hindi natin makalimutan yung ating eternal mission. Our best life now is not in here on earth. But our best life will be in heaven. Katulgan sabi Dr. MacArthur in one of his sermons. If this is your best life now, then um, your worst life is in hell. So yun sabi Dr. MacArthur. So yun, our best life is in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I just want to say this this verse for for our dear viewers here um john 16:33. these things i have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world um what jesus is basically saying uh is um eschatological woes those are the woes na nangyayari at the end of times but it also refers to the persecution of the believers because of their test testimony because of the gospel they are sharing the gospel about what it is and they are being persecuted so basically jesus is saying that you may have peace i'm saying all of these things so you may have peace that we may have peace and it's not necessarily material things, no? Yung peace na yun. That is the peace that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. And Jesus overcome the world. This is the fundamental ground for persecution. I mean, um, a lot of people like the martyrs before, it's okay. Because they believe that um, Jesus already overcame the world. Tapos na, natalo na. Through his death, through Christ's death, the world's hatred and opposition are all in vain. For Christ already defeated the evil system of the world. Yun yung tinatawag na peace. Even though may suffering tayo. And the Bible basically says that the world will hate us. So, so Jesus is saying all these things so that we may have peace. Another verse rin naman related to this is James 1 verse 12. Um, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Um, I think we're familiar now with the word blessed. That the man, um, people, believers, not people are believers, who enter trial, trial are happy. It also, it also says in, John, in James 5.11. So, yon. Um, remain steadfast, um, having stood the test. This is actually related to um, eternal security. That the true believer doesn't lose his faith. In fact, the believer is focusing on the victorious outcome of the suffering, of the trial. Dun siya focus. Having stood the test, this is the indicator of genuine faith. A lot of people na nahirapan na sila, they, they don't 
they don't want to do it anymore. For example, in churches today, pag may nangyaring issue, ayaw na nila, hindi, masyado nahiya ako. So, people who stood the test are the indicator of genuine faith. For example, the life of Job, di ba? Nagtataka nga ako dyan sa mga prosperity preachers. They like to quote First John or Third John that, Brethren, I wish you good health. Paano naman si Job? Nakalimutan natin si Job. <laughs> so, yun nga. The life of Job is the life of Job is the perfect example of a believer who stood the test. And the crown of life. He will receive the crown of life. Or a crown that is life. That is the believer's ultimate reward. And we will receive that crown of life when we go to the presence of the Lord or when He comes. Yun yun. And this is only for those who loves Him. At ano ba yung people that who loves Him? If you love me, keep my commandments. So only those who are who stood the test, who are enduring, are the true believers. And only those who are true believers will receive the crown of life. And only those who can receive the crown of life are those people who truly loves God. And those who truly loves God, obey Him. So basically, that's it. The Christian life is not a life of no suffering but it is full of suffering but that we would endure the test we would endure the suffering because christ overcame the world okay thank you for that that was so insightful and it brings us to our next point which is um really not to fall for the stare of false creatures they're really the stumbling blocks that hinder our walk with jesus it brings us to our first verse, which is Jeremiah 23, 16. And it reads that, um, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. Okay, so do not listen to the words of the prophets. God told them this because normally, of course, God wants his people to pay strict attention, right, to those who brought forth his word. But these false prophets, they just really showed how detached they were from the real word of God. They were speaking of, uh, from the visions of their own hearts. And they were really just, people were clinging on to them because they were saying what the people wanted to hear. You know, they were masking the truth at times and they were just praising people. Okay, you're doing good at this, you're doing good at that. But they're missing the point, which is we're really sinners. And there's a, it's a major problem. It's something we have to overcome. So really what they were talking about, it's not from the mouth of God, it's in rebellion to the methods of Jesus. So that's something that we really must steer clear away from because it's really disturbing and it leads us directly to hell if we conform to what they are preaching. We have another verse that really talks about people fall prey to those who say what they want to hear, like I mentioned earlier. It's not based on the sole truth of the scripture. And we have that verse, which is Jeremiah 5, 30-31. It says that an appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule at their direction. My people love to have it, but what will you do when the end comes? And you know, our modern culture, they think that following your heart is supreme wisdom for living. But the Bible says, right, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but it's the end. In the end, it's the way of death. I think that was in Proverbs or something. Yeah, so that's what the Bible says. And 
the thing that they were talking about, the astonishing thing that happened, the horrible thing that was committed, that's the words of the false prophets and the priests who were using, maybe their leadership was more on, it's man-centered. They already forgot the essence of everything, which is to glorify and exalt God in their words, what they were saying, because really the view of the Bible, you know, the worldview, it just got so distorted that, right, he said, but in the end, what will you do? Um, so though these false prophets, though they were loved by God, they were loved among the people of God, at the end of the day, when disaster comes, they really would be of no help. So, yes, thank you very much for that point, uh, Nasama. I would like to add to what you have said, right? It's not gibberish, but truth. Like what the prophets have blabbered on. They have talked about prosperity. They have talked about all of these good things. But where is judgment? Where is the other facets and attributes of God? You'll know if a quote-unquote prophet is true if they really talk about God all-encompassing. And you can only see those kinds of prophets, those kinds of preachers in the Bible talaga. And it's very important for us to discern. It's very important for us to see that, you know, we can say all good things about truth. But the truth of the matter is that everything else that is not found in the word is merely additional worldly knowledge. In short, foolishness. If you prioritize the way the world thinks, you'll never grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. It's so easy to fall astray to thinking positively. Sometimes it turns into toxic positivity. You'll say that, oh, your, your dog died? Okay, don't, don't be too sad about it. It was a Ecclesiastes or Proverbs, there's a time to weep, there's a time for joy, there's a time for to reap, there's a time to sow, there's a time for everything. And most importantly, we should appropriate the, the time in which we should really put into context God's Word. There's a time that we can say what we want to say, but when it's time to really focus and delve deep into God's Word, we should not put our own personal stuff, we should not put our own personal thoughts. Kasi nga, the heart is deceitful above all else. Tulad na sinabi ni Sam, we should not trust our heart, we should not follow, love ourselves, quote-unquote. Kasi there's nothing to love. We're depraved, we're, we're deep into our sins. If you think you have the time, you have the effort, you have the courage to love yourself, you, you're really going down the right path, frankly. So it applies to each and every one of us. So praise be to God and thanks to Him that we can truly love Him and with that, we know that the love of the Father is in us and that is true love. Because everything that is God-centered, your relationships, your family, your friends, if that's God-centered, the love of Christ will fill you all. And now let's move on to Colossians 2 verse 8. Sabi dito, referring back to the lesson, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. But we can relate this not just only to false prophets or false teachers in the prosperity gospel. We can also appropriate this to atheists. For example, Larry, Mr. Larry King who passed away or Mr. Stephen Hawking. They were the best at their craft but they, ha they didn't have the gospel. That's their chief end. If you don't have the gospel, you won't go to heaven. You won't be in the presence of God. So no matter what, with Solomon, at the end of his life, he said that everything is meaningless in context natin sa gospel. Everything in this life amounts to nothing. You have the richest of the world, the smarts, all, all of these things that you may want to brag about in social media. But at the end of the day, if you look at eternity, will it impact you? Will it impact Christ? Will it impact the kingdom? Because with the vision of Daniel, there's this big statue of gold with silver and bronze and then clay mixed with iron of feet. 
I don't want to delve into eschatology that much because we'll discuss it actually next week. Sneak peek. <laughs> but what my point is that the kingdom of God is an ever-growing mountain. It's a boulder that cannot be shaken. Even you, if you, pagsamasamahin mo man lahat ng kingdoms ng mundo na to, diba? the kingdom of God will reign supreme. Tulad ng sinabi ng isa sa mga pastors dati, God was eternal, is eternal, and will be forever eternal. No one can ever refute His authority sa buhay natin. Kaya if we think that we know better, oh, think again, kasi nga, our wisdom is limited. He made us. He knows our limitations. So what better way to talagang rely on the wisdom of God and gain more actual wisdom than to really trusting God's word and to really seeking the Holy Spirit for guidance. And sabi dito, John 17, 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. A lot of people can say that, ay, truth, that word is relative. Truth can mean whatever I want. A lot of people say that, but their excuse for making truth relative is so that they can escape the moral construct or the idea of there is a God who judges. There is sin in this world. There are things that are right and things that are wrong. Not just because you want to do something does not mean that there will be no negative implications. If you do a good thing, then something good will happen. It's really in our nature that we want to go against what God has. That's why God's word which is truth, is important para He will lead us back into the right path. As Christians, we should not let ourselves fall into the trap of comfortability. We can always listen to messages that are really tickling sa mga tenga natin. For example, Stephen Furtick or other pastors, Joel Osteen, Michael Todd, sino pa ba? Basta sila-sila na nagsasalita ng mga bagay na magaganda. They are some things that are quote-unquote relatable. But where's the word? If your pastor is not, if your favorite pastor online is not anchored in the Word, then go away. Because God, God's Word is the ultimate authority in which we live. It's the ultimate guide in which we ought to conduct ourselves. That's why it's very important to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ through relying only on scriptures. Thanks, Jody, for that. Okay, so I want to ask you guys, na, who is your Jesus? Because ultimately, what we think of Jesus, right? when, we, when someone says Jesus, what do you think of? But right? it will determine the gospel, right? what the gospel means to us. Because the gospel is about Christ. And if you have a different Christ, you're going to have a different gospel. I think that's it's so important right? to get Jesus correct. Because if you don't get Christ correct, you don't get Jesus correct, you can't get the gospel correct. right? And sometimes what happens, right? I guess even I was there once, is that we create a Jesus, we create a Christ who appeals to us, diba? who appeals to us, who we like. But we have to ask, is that really the real Jesus? Is it the Jesus we find in scripture? Diba? Is he the Lamb? Talaga? I mean, but even the Israelites, diba, when, during Jesus' time in the Bible, diba, they couldn't believe that you know Jesus Christ was the one who, who he was saying he was. Diba? I'm the Messiah. They couldn't believe it because they wanted to believe that the Messiah was the one who was going to set them free from the Romans. Right? That was what they wanted. So if they, the view of what they wanted, then Jesus was saying, I'm that one. Be the match. Then they reject Jesus. Right? But now that we have the Bible, we can go into it really. We can see the real Jesus, the right? all the four Gospels, right? from his life, to his death, to his resurrection, the entire thing, the Gospel. And we can judge. And we can really refine right? to find the true gospel because ultimately that is one of the biggest things about right? is the most importance. Right? Which not just because it'll affect what's here now, right? 
um, our lives in this world, in this earth, diba? but for eternity. And I want to read this um, from Galatians 1 verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. The wife says here, um, I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is Paul speaking in Galatians where he's telling other people who he was with. Now, why are you deserting the gospel? Why are you deserting Jesus? They really were deserting. I'm not sure the exact context of this, but they were deserting maybe because it was convenient or it was inconvenient already. Convenient to switch sides or inconvenient to stay in this side, right? And you know, we just followed the example of the apostles where he stood firm on the path, but they didn't let go of Jesus, the Jesus they knew, the right Jesus was short on earthly ministry teaching. And we can do the same thing by reading the word and really grounding it there. And ultimately the word Jesus is the reflection of God Himself, God the Father. Right? For example, the John John 1 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. He is the reflection of God the Father. And ultimately, when we see Jesus, we see God the Father. They are one, the Trinity. And we have John 14, verse 6, which is, Jesus answered, I am the way, truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, Jesus is really the only way. And Jesus is the only way. We, we better get our Jesus right. We better get the correct one that is proclaimed in the scriptures, not the you know bootleg one, but in talaga, right? Okay, thank you very much, Nathan, for that exposition. So you know, um, next we have something about the Great Commission, and I I think that most of our viewers are familiar of the Great Commission. Um, countless evangelical churches has made it their mission, which is good. But the problem is, share natin. They like to say that um, giving attract, like attract ng, do you know God's way to heaven? O kaya, ano, do you know God's purpose? You know, there's nothing really wrong with that, but that's not really the gospel. That's not the accurate representation. Uh, presentation the gospel the gospel is not a watered down message okay most people they like to water down the message of the gospel to suit a person's taste which is bad um i know i know a group that um they would um discuss the bible and then they would eat street food and that's not really biblical wala nang respeto so that is a watered down messages to conform to the person's preferences pero Christ uh, commands us to preach the full gospel without compromise because scripture is more than enough okay we don't need yung mga mukbang we don't need yung mga lights we don't need the fogs we actually we don't need the the uh, electrical music all we need is the scriptures the scriptures is more than enough. So let me read First um, Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you receive, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, 
unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was that He was raised on the third day in accordance with Scriptures. So that's that's actually quite a mouthful. That's um four verses. So let's try to uh, to break the verses down. Um. Paul is basically reminding the the Corinthians about the gospel that he, he taught them, and we should be the same. We are to be reminded of the gospel. Kahit matagal na tayong Christians, I know I know some people that they would review the gospel once a week, and we should be like that. That the the gospel that Paul preach. Okay, some people they believe that the gospel is. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to be wealthy. Some people they believe that the gospel is um, you. You can create your own planet. Pag namatay ka, you can become like God. Um, some people they believe that the gospel is about um, you could live whatever you like. But we must be reminded of what Paul preached. It is not a new message. We stand by the gospel. Okay, we stand by the gospel. The resurrection, they had believed and they are saved by it. So, um, that is the gospel in which you stand and by which you are being saved. Yun talaga yun. Unless you believe in vain. Unless you believe in vain. Ano ibig sabi ni Paul dito? Paul knew that there are those who have a shallow understanding of the gospel. Na um, alam niya that there are some people oh, who um who's going to water down the gospel, who don't really understand the gospel. Um, these are people who believe like how demons believe in God. For example, um, the demons believe in God, but are they saved by sila? No. And then there are some people that when they know it's true. They know it's true. Nag-aral pa ngayon ng mga apologetics, but they don't have love for God. So yun that Paul is saying. Yun yung sinasabi niya. And um, true believers, um, they hold fast to the gospel. They hold fast to the gospel. And um, kung titignan natin, may sinabi si Paul that he repeated two times. Accordance with the scriptures. Accordance with the scriptures. Yung unang repeat is... Um, Christ died for our sins in accordance with scriptures. That is the New Testament. Okay, that's the New Testament. And that is the Old Testament trend. The Old Testament and New Testament are connected to each other. That he was buried, raised on the third day in accordance with scriptures na naman. In accordance with scriptures. And besides scriptures, nakalagay rin sa scriptures that we have testimonies from other people. For example, John and Peter. The 500 people who saw Jesus at the same time, he appeared in the 12. Um, James, the half-brother of Christ, and many more unspecified appearances during the, those 40 days. So yun, yun yung sinasabi ni Paul, in accordance to scriptures, in accordance to the testimony of the apostles. Yung sinulat nila ngayon is scriptures na. So yun, that is the, um, that is the, uh, that's the gospel. That's the gospel, and that we are to be reminded of it. Of it. Another verse, naman is Mark one fifteen. Ato sinabi naman Jesus Christ, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is fulfilled. This is not necessarily a chronological view, okay? But this is 
God's decision to act na na this is the arrival of Jesus Christ the King. Yun sinasabi, that time has come and the kingdom of God. This means that God is sovereign over our salvation. He is the one who's in control. Kingdom niya to. And in the future, a literal kingdom as said in Revelation 20 verse 4 to 6. Ito sinabi Jesus Christ, repent and believe. Repentance, um, yun ang sinabi ni John the Baptist in Mark 1 verse 4. Repent, a call for repentance. And believe, which is faith, to have faith. Um, in Romans 1.16, to everyone who believes. And then in verse 17, the righteous man shall live by faith. So that's the gospel. Um, it is uh, man's response to God's offer or inward call of salvation. And that is the fruit of being born again. As said in John 3. So, um, that is really um, what the gospel is all about. Um, una is the life and person of Jesus Christ. And um, yun nga, resurrection niya, his death niya. And secondly is to repent, to turn away from all of our sins. For example, I know some people, they are hooked into... In, in, in those you know uso ngayon na animated pornography series you know if you're a christian you are to repent from that because that is against god so pag ikaw magre-repent ka na tatanggalin mo na yan you're going to turn away from your sin and to believe in the gospel to believe in jesus christ as lord and savior that is the gospel the gospel is not about yourself um na you're worthy that You are worth it. That Christ died for you because you are worth it. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is not about riches, but the gospel is about Jesus Christ. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. Um, it brings us to our next verse, and that is Matthew 16:25. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And um, first part of this, whoever desires to save his life, how do we save our lives? What is um, the definition of that, right? And this really calls out the people who try to find fulfillment and satisfaction of the things of this world. And it says, right, that if you love your life, you're certainly going to lose it because they're perishable. Everything in this world is temporary and it's not going to bring us um, eternal satisfaction. You won't be satiated by the things as much as You know, it may have, we find it enjoyable, the things that Satan plays in this world, because really, right, uh, whether we admit it or not, Satan really is the god of this world. And everything that we are spending our time on right now, everything that we turn to for pleasure, for um, even for our free time, God hates those. So really, what must we do? Um, it says, right, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Really, we gain so much more in eternity. And I think the main idea of this is really, Similar to what Nathan said earlier, right? Um, for for something to be resurrected, it has to first die. So our old ways, our old self, like what Nathan said earlier, it must be crucified with Jesus. It must um, our lives. It has to really focus on you know to just show emphasis on believers trying to. We must really focus on snatching like snatching the unbelievers from this world, detaching them from that you know the claws of Satan. And it doesn't stop here. We have our next verse, 
you know, once we're saved, do we just sit pretty? Just wait for Jesus to come back? Because, so, you know, that's really how we think at times, right? Like, okay, I'm saved. I don't need to do anything else. Why would I care if this person gets saved or not? But really, we we're put here for a greater purpose. You were set apart to share the good news, as said earlier. So in Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everybody who believes first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. And um, this is Paul talking, right? You know, he was sharing to the people in Rome. And when you think about it, you know, the people in Rome, it's a sophisticated city. And I'm sure they were longing for, you know, knowledgeable people, learned men, uh, classy, things of high class, you know, bougie. But here goes Paul talking about a carpenter who supposedly is go who apparently is gonna you know save the entire mankind and you know people i'm sure he got a lot of um weird looks but worse he was in prison you know he was persecuted and that really is the greatest example to us as christians that the location you know it shouldn't matter the recipient shouldn't matter whether we're talking to somebody who's really well educated or somebody who doesn't know us but who's not as learned it shouldn't change our calling to really share Jesus's love because that was what we were set apart to do. Um, you know, to other people, it will sound like, you know, it's foolishness, but to those who really believe and to those who are the elect of God, um, hearing this is really um, life. You know, it's the way into salvation. Yeah. So thank you very much for this wonderful discussion. Then we move on, diba? All this talk, but what is the gospel? We've said glimpses, we've said quotes, we've said Bible verses, talking about the gospel by our preachers na nakita natin kanina and with the Bible verses that talk about the gospel. But for those who are under the sound of our voices na nakikinig dito sa podcast namin, na you're thinking na, what's all this got to do with me? I mean, I'm just a person. I believe in God, I love God, and I believe I'm going to heaven. I'm a good person, all of these things. We'd like to clarify to you the greatest thing that you should know. Diba tulad ng sinabi ni Dr. Lawson, the greatest news man should know. So first and foremost, we should all know that God made everything out of nothing, including you and me. You know, His main purpose in creating us was to bring Him pleasure. People may think that, oh, my purpose is whatever the universe leads me. So what is the universe? You're gonna put yourselves in the hands of cosmic stardust. People believe that they came from evolution from fish or whatever that may be so what would you like yourself to be under would you be rather under a small chance or under a supreme omnipotent omnipresent god who holds your future but it's much better to be secure in the god who holds everything the god the king of the universe so knowing this next we have here so god created man in his own image and the image of god he created him male and female he created them so, one more thing we can branch out of here, device gender identity, gender security. But for the sake of time, I would not like to focus on this more. But really, what this verse deliberately says that there is only two genders, two ordained by God, and that that is a general construct of man. Those who go about away from that construct, but earns its punishment earns its consequences because you chose to go out of God's design. And relating with it, if we go about outside of God's design, which is sin, we will reap its consequences. Even the slightest sin, our original sin, warranted us a ticket to hell. 
and we cannot escape anything from it. Look, like, like what we've said earlier, all our works are, are filthy rags. We can't earn our way out of anything. There's no purgatory. That's not biblical. There's no middle line. It's, it's either you're outside, outside of God's loving presence in, in heaven, but, or you're inside God's judgment. You're still in His presence, but you're not, He's not as your Lord. He's as a judge. So it's really horrifying to think that people will spend eternity, but it's not that we don't deserve it. All of it, all of us deserve that eternity, but that God has made a plan from the fall, but all of us were made out of nothing, and it's God's grace. That's why we are here. Thank you very much, Jedi. Um, I'm looking forward to that, um, about the two genders. Um, that is that's going to be a good podcast in another time. But you know, um, the chief way in which we as humanity do is through loving and obeying and enjoying God perfectly. That's the, that's God's design. But um, we chose to rebel against Him. By um, We have sinned against our Creator. And this is what we call the fall. The fall of man, the fall of Adam. And um, they know people. A lot of people know about this, but... Um, the following verses that I would speak is um, quite shocking. It could be shocking to a lot of us. So um, this might be a little long, but um, bear with me. So we all know that um, all men have fallen short of the glory of God. Pero according to Ephesians 1, 2, 1 to 3, hindi lang basta nag-fall na nagkasala lang o nagkasakit lang yung tao. But that as you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among we all once live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and whereby nature children wrath like the rest of mankind. Um, Paul was saying that Paul was saying to Christians, okay, uh, this is something that we must take note. In the Perket Bible, it refers to every single person who ever lived. You must take the context. Paul was, was clearly speaking to the redeemed. You were dead in trespasses and in, in, in sins in which you once walked. Yun yung naging effect ng fall. You became dead in sin. Diba? God said that the day you shall touch it or eat of it, you shall surely die. Yung death na yun, that is spiritual death, na um, wala ka ng ability to come to Christ. Like, ano, nawala na yung will, nawala na yung choice mo to choose God. Nawala na yung choice mo to do the things of God. Because you are now dead in sins. Following the course of this world, following the, following the prince of the power of the air, which is basically Satan, that the spirit that is now work that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once live in the passions of our flesh past tense ba before so ayung before yun yung they describe noon basically mga people who are not yet been born again carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind so yun yun when when the fall happened Lahat na ng humanity except Jesus Christ are by nature children of wrath. They become dead to sin. Si Satan ay kanilang father. 
yun na nangyari at the fall. Hindi lang basta nagkasakit yung tao that he just needs a little help of the gospel. No, that's not what happened. What happened is that we lost the ability to come to Christ. We are now into the power of Satan. Doon na, yun na ang gusto natin gawin before Christ. Pero we must... Um, we must um, take note na formerly. These are the Christians. Yung Christians yung former. Pero yung unbelievers yun yung present who are currently into that sin. And by nature, children of wrath. So by nature, before or without regeneration, we are children of wrath. We are not children of God. Okay, ah? I, I, I mean, now we are not all children of God. The Christians are children of God. Yes. Pero we are not all children by God. We are not all by God. Kasi yun nga, by nature, we are children of wrath. Yung children of God, yun lang yung binigyan niya ng grace. Yung binigyan niya yung former. Yung, for, yung former na ganyan. Yun lang yung children of God. But not all are children of God. So yun yung nangyari sa fall. That is the Christian's former life. That he is walking accordance to the course of this world. But now he's been changed, he's now been washed, he's being sanctified and will be glorified. Yun yun. And another verse, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Again, it basically tells us that every single person who ever lived except Jesus Christ has fallen short of the glory of God and have sinned. That he lost the ability to choose God. Diba nga, there is no one righteous, not even one. A lot of people believe that, pero nakakalimutan nila. There is no one who seeks. There is no one who seeks God nga, kasi nga by nature children of wrath. Pero yun nga, in the following, we will discuss about the grace of God. So that is, yun na nangyari at the fall. We lost the ability. Okay, thanks, JV. Okay, so, diba? Let's do a quick recap lang. Diba? What Jenny mentioned earlier, diba? We created for God's pressure, diba? And... How are we supposed to do that? Diba? By obeying Him, by loving Him, because Eden, diba? Adam and Eve and God were living in perfect unity together diba? in the garden. But then what happened? Adam and Eve, diba? and therefore the rest of humanity, Adam specifically went ahead. We were thrown into sin because we chose to do the opposite, we chose to disobey God, diba? to not follow what He said. Diba? We only had one thing to say like, don't eat of the tree of good and evil. We, Adam still did, and Eve did. As well, diba? So, what after that, diba? And because God is a holy God, and holiness and sin, diba? Cannot coexist. God vowed that He will righteously and perfectly judge sinners. The return of death is the proper sentence to treason, diba? Cosmic treason, diba? so to say. And, but that isn't the end of the story, diba? As we know, since we're talking about the gospel, that isn't the end of the story, but diba, God's being merciful that is as he's just not just holy he's loving he's merciful because he also has justice so what he did is that he sent his son to fulfill what we couldn't right? so if you imagine you were court of law right? you did something wrong you did treason and you can't do it right? you're guilty so god decided right? let me send jesus who did fulfill who didn't break the law to replace us, diba? substitutionary atonement. Diba? Pinalitan tayo, diba? nag-switch ng place. And because of that, diba? we are saved. Diba? Jesus Christ took our place. And example, because diba? in Romans 6 verse 22, 
For the wages of death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Diba? Clear here na the wages of sin, the wages of disobedience is death. And because of Jesus, we have eternal life. You know, because of Him. So the death is the eternal life. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one last verse here. And that is um, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says that for our sake, He made Him to be sin. We knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And this really... Um, uh, this is really the whole truth of justification, you know, just stated simply that our sins were on Jesus. Jesus never became a sinner, but our sins were placed on him and he was treated as if he were guilty. And he willed for that, right? It's what God willed for him to, to take our place. And isn't that just such a tremendous exchange, you know, exchange sin for righteousness. And, you know, Jesus, he wasn't made, he wasn't made sin by any sin inherent in him. It's the same way with us. We weren't made perfect by any righteousness inherent in us. It's just really the invitation to Christ of our sin and the other way around to us for his righteousness. And then next it says here that this gruesome suction occurs as the sinner puts their faith, dependence, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their substitute. God then charges Christ's perfection to those sinners and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. But first and foremost, diba, tulad sinabi ni JV, diba, all are, no one is righteous, no, not one, and no one seeks after God. So, si God talaga yung nagbibigay sa atin ng mercy and capability. He sends those people who will spread the gospel to others. And for those Christians who I'm talking to, diba, a lot of people in their lives need the gospel. They need the message of God's salvation through Jesus Christ. Kung tutunga nga lang tayo dito na tulad na sinabi ni Sam na I'll just wait for Jesus to come to tell, save na ako. It, I don't think that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I don't think that's a fruit of a Christian. Kasi as Christians, we should be really zealous of the gospel. For example, Paul, after the scales were removed from his eyes, he immediately went to the courts sa kanyang town to preach the gospel to the synagogues. And people hated him for that. But he still had his burning passion within him. And that's a true fruit of a true Christian. So those who don't really consider them, uh, themselves as Christian, I return to you. Sinabi dito na, God no longer views them as an enemy, but instead an adopted son, covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. So if your heart is being compelled right now, we're not asking you again, like last week, we're not asking you to pray any special prayer, because that will never save. We're asking you to repent. What it means is to turn your eyes away from any sins that you have done. What is sin? Anything that is not done by faith. For example, everything that is not in God's Word. So what, what, how can you know what is not in God's Word? Read the Word. That's why it's important for us to turn away from the world. Because everything that the world draws into us, yung pinapamukasama, what we see, what we hear, what we consume, is really not of God. It is anti-Christian. That's why our society is built to go against the Judeo-Christian worldview. And it's very evident, and the world won't go against us if it isn't effective, right? So that is really an evidence that the gospel is really powerful. Not only does it change our minds, but it changed the way how we live and how our passion towards the gospel is. That's why it's important to see that in Hebrews 10 verse 22, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Another word for forgiveness is the remission, the total blotting out of the sins 
in a believer's life. So, no one can do that. Like what we said earlier, our sins are dirty. Our sins are really horrendous in the sight of God. He never accepts anyone, will never accept anyone except those who have been purified by the blood of Christ. Everything is purified by blood. In context, in the Old Testament, there were sacrifices, animal sacrifices, all of these sacrifices that were used. It was too much. You know, it will never forgive every single sin that we have done in our lives. That's why for a permanent sacrifice, God has established the death of His Son once for all for total forgiveness for those who believe, for those who repent. That's why it's important for us to always understand that it's never our works but that really draws us to God. It's really God's grace, His mercy that He chose. You know, he, he, he really calls us out into faith. He grants us the faith in our hearts and this longing and desire. So for those whose hearts are burning with the gospel and the word, keep on reading His word. Pray to God. We don't know your condition. We don't know what you have in your heart. But God knows that. Confess to Him your sin and He will hear you. Matthew 19, verse 25 to 26. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With this man is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So if you think that you're at the end of your rope, that you just look at God. Where does my help come from? My help does not come from this world, but it comes from God alone. God is not the solution to all your problems. He may not uh, solve all your problems because, this is a very good reason, because it is not His will. We may think that, Oh, God's will is everything that will make me happy. That's what the prosperity preachers say. But God's will is His perfect will from the beginning until the end of time that will all be in accordance to His kingdom. Remember, it's not always about our own lives. We are only a piece of the puzzle. We are only a small speck into this grand plan of God for eternity. We must always remember our place that we will never be worthy. We are only worthy by the grace of God. That's why we should put ourselves into perspective and appreciate the Lord Jesus Christ alone for He is the only way to salvation. Yeah, and thank you very much, Jedi. So, you know, we've talked about the shedding of blood. Um, we've learned that we have sinned against God, our thrice holy God, and that we've lost the ability to come to Him now. But out of His own mercy, because of His grace, He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. You know, shedding of blood, and um, God furnished proof that this sacrifice, you know, the death on the cross, was accepted by raising Jesus from the dead. Um, in John eleven twenty five, Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live." Yet shall he live. Um, this is the fifth in the in a series of seven great I Ams in Jesus Christ. Um, Martha knew that um, Lazarus would rise from the dead in the last day, but Jesus basically saying that I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in me, though he die, shall yet shall he live. Um, it basically means that no resurrection or eternal eternal life exists outside of the Son of God. That see Christ has authority over resurrection, over life, over death, and that um, time, or in this case, the last day, it's no barrier to the one who's the power of the power of resurrection and the life. So dito binuhay niya si Lazarus, and that's an image of. Um, how salvation works. 
Diba we are all dead in sin. We are all dead in sin. We hate Christ. We are by nature children of But God decided to call call, call us out. Diba? For example, diba nga nangyari? Lazarus come out or come forth. Tinawag niya si Lazarus specifically and Lazarus raised, was raised from the dead. Ganun rin nangyari sa salvation. It is God who um, gives the gift of faith It is God who grants repentance. Shay nagsasabi na, for example, Nathan, come out or Nathan, rise up. Do na tayo na resurrect. That's why we have this ability na to accept the gospel. So, yun yung unang way. Tapos yun nga, everyone who believes in Christ will be resurrected on the last day. Okay, thanks, J- thanks JV. Sige. So, for our last part of this um, segment, is that, diba, what I all mentioned, diba, we going through the story of the gospel, we're going through the story, actually, the part of the biblical story, diba, of the whole Bible, and this is the ending already of it, diba? Now, God will judge the world in righteousness, and all of those who are not covered in the righteousness of Christ, diba, those who, as I mentioned earlier, in my point, that because of what Christ did, diba, para substitute tayo, and if you aren't substituted by Christ, if you aren't in Christ, It says here that we judge, right? And depending on him for forgiveness, all of them will be forced to stand on their own to bear the eternal anger of God. Therefore, all must turn and repent from sin and believe and receive the gospel of Christ as Lord, right? So it says here, diba, there's two sides, diba? In the, in the end, those who are in Christ and those who aren't in Christ. And For those who are in Christ, uh, because of what Christ did in the gospel, their faith in the gospel, their faith ultimately in Christ, they will be saved, but they will pull through. But for those, however, their hand, who aren't in Christ, they will receive what the, 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 the due punishment, which is eternal death. And we read out Romans 7, verse 21 to 25. I find then a law that evil is present within me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against my, the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Paula is speaking in Romans. And it says here, the way this struggle, although the different interpretations, sabe. He was a believer already here, or he wasn't a believer. But personally, I think it's he was a believer, right? Now, the consciousness, right? Calls na to follow the law, right? We know what's wrong and what's right, and calls to us, right? It's then 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 Jesus Christ and it's true and that ultimately from this life of chasing and chasing different things that ultimately don't really matter but Christ is the only one who can fill that void within us wow this episode is so uh, this is the most important podcast that we have done and we will ever do so I pray I just pray that our presentation of the gospel is 
accurate. But if not, guys, please read your Bibles. Like what Dr. Stephen Lawson said, read the whole book of Romans. It's a very comprehensive book that will teach you about the gospel of Christ, how depraved we are, and how good God is. And ultimately, it is not our works, but God's grace alone. So thank you very much, guys, for listening to our third podcast, and stay tuned for more. So this will be a weekly podcast, hopefully, as we start our grade 12, all of us. And for all of those who are listening, kindly follow our Facebook page, which is posted in the link down below. So guys, have a blessed week and bye-bye!